So Joshua chapter 1, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Ruth, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. <laughs> Book number 6, right after the Pentateuch. Just uh, read to you uh, the, the, the first nine verses here, and then we're going to uh, begin talking about an uh, introductory type overview. After the death of Moses, uh, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, uh, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert uh, to Lebanon, uh, to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your lives. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you and never forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to, to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. And do not turn uh, from it to the right or the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God uh, will be with you wherever you go. Now, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, this really isn't part of the, the whole introductory information of author and date and structure and outline and all that which we're going to get to in just a little bit but uh, the book of Joshua begins with a funeral notice that it begins with a funeral the, the funeral of Moses Moses my servant is dead and then uh, if you want to you can look at the very last chapter of the book um, chapter 24 And look with me at verse 29, the last chapter, getting on close to the last uh, verses here. It says, And after these things, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the uh, age of 110, and so on. Um, and then you see others uh, dying here at the end of it. The book of Joshua begins and ends with funerals. <laughs> kind of an interesting thing, but it is written not so much to be... Um, uh, morbid, I guess. Uh, it is written to encourage the people of God and to uh, uh, move them on to uh, obedience and to faithfulness to the covenant. Um, next week, uh, hopefully we're going to see more how uh, it's, it's a very covenantal book and the, and the covenant is so important uh, in the book of Joshua. I think we'll see that some more next week when we go on a little bit deeper. 
But tonight, what I want us to do is what kind of if you were to open a, a commentary and begin reading on the book of, of, of Joshua, most of them are going to start with talking about you know introductory matters. Who's the author? Uh, when do you write? What? Who did you write to? Um, what's the structure and and, and uh, the content? And what is the outline of the book? And so tonight we're going to uh, look at that. <coughs> and so. <coughs> Right off the bat, one of the first things when you're reading any book of the Bible, <coughs> excuse me, you kind of want to start with knowing who wrote the book. Any ideas? Joshua? Possibility. <laughs> the, book, the book itself never tells us. It's got the title Joshua, right? But you find out uh, through research that the title wasn't given to it until long after it was already a book that was used by the people of God. It doesn't say anywhere within the book itself who wrote it. Um, traditional and ancient Jewish and Christian uh, position we find in the Talmud, which was uh, kind of some commentary uh, on the uh, Old Testament. And from the Talmud, uh, talks about the uh, the book of Joshua. It says, you say Joshua wrote his book, but it's not written in Joshua, son of the... Uh, but is it not written that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died? We, we just read that in verse 24, right? If Joshua wrote it, he certainly didn't write the last part there, right? Because it talks about his death. And it talks about, if you go on there in, in chapter 24, it talks about those who lived on after him and the elders of the time who lived on after him and after they were gone. So he couldn't have written that little part. Um, and so in the Talmud it goes on, it says, it was completed by Eleazar, but is it not written that Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died? And he says, Phineas finished it. <laughs> we have those guys mentioned in the last chapter as well. And so uh, early on, um, I would say even probably before the time of Jesus, it was suggested that Joshua wrote it, but he didn't write all of it. And Eliezer wrote part, and Aaron, um, uh, uh, excuse me, and, and Phineas actually uh, finished it. <clears throat> well, um, maybe we, we don't really know for sure who, who wrote it. Uh, certainly there are some portions of it that Joshua himself probably wrote. And um, it talks about uh, the law of, of Joshua that, that he had written and, and uh, put in the book itself. So there's a possibility. But we, we're going to move on, therefore, from the author. And I think as we begin to look at the next major section of an introductory type of thing, you'll see maybe some more problems with Joshua being the one who was the main instigator of the writing of uh, this. And so if, uh, if you would, look with me. Uh, someone read for us uh, Joshua uh, 2431. 24-31. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. So it seems like it's mighty, maybe even saying that the date of its writing, or at least its completion, 
was after the elders who were there uh, with Joshua had passed away, right? Um, someone has written, says, uh, notice this passage refers to the elders who outlived Joshua. And along these lines, we also read that uh, Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetimes of those who had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. This positive evaluation of Israel's spiritual condition implies something about our author. He must have been aware that the next generation after Joshua's death did not continue to serve God faithfully, a fact highlighted in the book of Judges, right? The very next book, the book of Judges. And what's the book of Judges all about? Anybody remember? Well, that's where the... Um, well, did you see the division of the, of the nation in Joshua? In the book of Judges, what happens is the people turn away from the Lord. He sends foreign nations to come and discipline them. They cry out to them, and God sends them a judge to deliver them. And so you see all these judges. And uh, then after the judge comes and delivers the people of Israel, then um, they turn their backs on God once again. And so God sends another foreign uh, uh, force to come and they cry out to the Lord once again because of the discipline that he's given them through their foreign people. And God sends another judge in to help them. So you see these, this uh, repeated uh, theme throughout the book of Judges and you see all the different judges. Who knows who the left-handed judge was? Ehud. Ehud. <laughs> he, he, sticks, he sticks a knife into Eglon, right? And uh, he was very fat. He was very fat. And so the, <laughs> the, the, the body fat covers up the, the knife. He can't get it back out. And uh, he leaves, and all Eglon's uh, uh, servants are outside there. And he says, he's in the bathroom. So they wait, and they wait, and they wait. And they begin to get embarrassed because he's in there so long. In the meantime, uh, Ehud escapes and delivers the people of Israel. Uh, so anyway... Just a side note there is a part of uh, Judges. But anyway, uh, so it's, what they're saying here is that the, uh, the author um, probably, as a result of what we read in 24.3, it seems that he was aware of what was going to take place, or what did take place after uh, Joshua and the elders who were there after him um, were, were gone, that the people didn't remain faithful to uh, the Lord. And so it goes on here and says, this verse indicates that the earliest possible date for completion of the book was the period of Israel's judges. And so it seems that uh, it could have been completed during the time of the judges, but we don't, we don't know that uh, for certain uh, either. Um, let's look at some more internal evidence maybe for the date and it'll shed light maybe on the author too. Someone um, look up jo uh, Joshua 1947. It was the year my sister was born. And somebody else. All right, who's got that over here? All right, and then uh, um, you look up Judges 18. 27 through 29. Do you have a cross-reference Bible there for It's got cross-references? Uh, yes. Okay, so you wanted me to read 1947? 1947, and, and it's got a cross-reference. It probably has a cross-reference in the Judges. What's that cross-reference? Judges 1, 30, verses, 
Judges 1, verses 34 and 35, Judges 18, verse 1. It doesn't give verses 27 through 29? No. Okay, well, mine does, so. Anyway, <laughs> so, so you can you can find it in a lot of cross references that that the judges eighteen is a, is a cross reference to it. Okay, so if you would read uh, Joshua uh, nineteen forty seven. When the territory of the people of Dan was lost to them, the people of Dan went up and fought against Lashem, and after capturing it and striking it with the sword, they took possession of it and settled in it calling Lashem Dan after the name of Dan, their ancestor. Okay, it's kind of interesting that this, this verse that we find in Joshua, the middle of Joshua, is talking about an event that actually takes place during the time of the judges. So you can read it. Go on there. 27 through 29? Uh-huh. But the people of Dan took what Micah had made and the priests who belonged to him, and they came to Laish, to a people quiet and unsuspecting, and struck them with the edge of the sword, and burned the city with fire. And there was no deliverer, because it was far from Sidon, and they had no dealings with anyone. It was in the valley that belonged to Beth Rehob. Then they rebuilt the city, and lived in it. And they named the city Dan, after the name of Dan their ancestor, who was born to Israel, but the name of the city was Laish at the first. Okay. So we see... <coughs> An event that is mentioned in the book of Joshua, chapter 19, verse 47, the, the event that takes place, that is meant, just mentioned in Joshua, the event actually takes place during the time of the judges. That's what we see in Judges 18. So we, we would have to say that at least that, uh, that part of the book was written, the earliest time it could have been written was during the time of the judges. Well, let's look at one other uh, internal evidence, maybe, for the uh, time of the writing of Joshua. Uh, Joshua eleven twenty one. And Joshua came at that time and cut off the Anakim from the hill country, from Hebron, from Deber, from Aneb, and from all the hill country of Judah, and from all the hill country of Israel, Joshua devoted them to destruction with their cities. Okay. See, see who's paying real close attention to this verse, okay? <laughs> you notice anything in that verse which might possibly date it at a time later than the time of Joshua? All right. What? The Anakin. Let me, no, it, let me give you a hint. has to do with the promised land. Let's see if this helps. What's it called a promised land here? The, the land that the Jews are inheriting. What's it called? Well, it, it is Canaan. It's the land of Canaan. But when he speaks of it specifically, he says the land of Judah, right? Mention Judah? Yeah. What else does he mention? Hill country. Israel. <laughs> Judah and Israel. Oh. Do you see a distinction oh. here? Huh. Yeah, and that was... When they're already split. Yeah, it's after that, they have split. So that was in the time of the kings. Right, it's in the time of the kings. 
And so you see here maybe some internal evidence that it could have actually been completed during the time of the kings, even before the Babylonian uh, captivity. Make sure we understand the history. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that everybody kind of knows the history here. So you have the, the promise to Abraham, um, and, and then we actually see the, the people going into the land with uh, the, into Egypt with uh, Joseph and uh, you know, brings uh, Jacob and the whole family into Egypt. And then there's like 400 years, right? 400 years of captivity. And then we see God sending Moses to the people to get them out of the land. And then there's, of course, the 40 years uh, in the wilderness. And, and then we have Joshua, right? And then after Joshua, all this is the timeline. After Joshua, you got the judges. Who was the last judge? Samuel. Samuel. What else do we know about Samuel? He would be like the first. He anointed the first two kings. Yeah, he anointed the first two kings, but he also becomes like a prophet, right? And so then, so, so you've got the judges, and the last one being Samuel, and then he's bringing in the kings, right? And so, so kind of like after the judges, you have the time of the kings. <clears throat> and then, of course, you know, uh, you've got... Uh, Saul and David and uh, uh, Rehoboam, and with, with Rehoboam you've got the divided kingdom. Jeroboam takes the northern kingdom, Rehoboam the southern kingdom, and so on. And then, and then we see all of the the divided kingdom. And then um, uh, a few years down the road, um, during the time of, of Jeremiah, uh, kind of like what Jeremiah is all prophesying about. What's he been prophesying about? Babylon, yeah, the Babylonian captivity. Uh, we've got the Babylonian captivity. That's where we got Daniel. Of course, he's part of the Babylonian captivity. And so, so anyway, you, you got just kind of a quick overview of a history here. You see where Joshua is, and the the kingdom is divided um, somewhere in here. And there in Joshua chapter uh, 11, it seems to indicate that there was already awareness of a divided kingdom. However, there could be some issues with this. <laughs> Don't mean to get too technical here with you, but I want to read this to you. This is the distinction between Judah and Israel has suggested to some that our book could have been written before the kingdom of Israel was divided um, in approximately 930 B.C., but having said this, it's important to note that at least one version of the Septuagint, you know what the Septuagint is, right? It's the uh, Greek translation of the Old Testament. So the Old Testament written in uh, Hebrew and Aramaic, and then it was translated into Greek, and Jesus used Septuagint. Many of the apostles used Septuagint. But anyway, uh, at least one version of the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, does not make this distinction. In other words, there's at least one copy of the Septuagint that doesn't have the distinction between Judah and Israel here. And uh, scholars um, and scholars disagree whether over the whether over whether the Hebrew or Greek version represents a better reading. 
It is possible that Joshua 11.21 acknowledges the division of the kingdom, but it isn't certain. So we don't know. Well, I, I think what we would, would pretty much have to say is that it was at least completed, uh, whoever wrote it, they at least, uh, this would have been the earliest completion during the time of the judges. Some have even put it as late as the, in the Babylonian captivity that it could have been completed. So um, we're, we're not just real certain about who the author was or who the uh, or, or when it was complete. However, uh, having said that, um, I, I think that uh, it is certain that some of it was written by Joshua. Some of it was written during the time of Joshua. Uh, you will see in, in just a minute. We're going to talk about the structure of the book, and you're going to see that in the structure of the book there are these long lists. Um, it's, it's almost like reading numbers or, or something. Um, there are these long lists, and part of those lists uh, have to do with Joshua uh, sends out these individuals to do kind of a, uh, um, a geographic uh, description of the land and stuff. And so they, they come back with that. And so you, you've got the description of the lands and everything. When I read Lord of the Rings, I loved it. Loved it. Three books. But in the middle book, there's so much description of all the lands that they're going through and all. And your eyes just kind of start to cross and kind of lose it. And, you know, when people start giving you all these descriptions, getting very detailed. Well, that's what it's doing here. And so probably whoever wrote it took some of the writing of Joshua, probably had some of the writing of Joshua there that they took. They took uh, these, the, the, the description of the lands that Joshua sent these people out to, to make, and they brought that in, and, and so it is part of it too. And um, so whoever completed it probably complete, uh, used a lot of uh, resources from that time. So Joshua certainly could have uh, had hard to do with writing it, but we're just not real sure. It wasn't completed in the time of Joshua. It was completed sometime later. Latest possibility would be uh, during the uh, Babylonian captivity. There's other issues that say that it had to have been completed before then. Um, I, I think probably the best, uh, the best idea was it was completed sometime before the Babylonian captivity during the time of the kings. Okay. All right. Maybe some of this will come together for you just a little bit. and You'll see why any of this is important anyway. The structure and content of, uh, of the book of Joshua. Joshua is a different sort of animal uh, as a book. You know that there are different genres, right, of literature, and especially a lot of different genres of literature in the Bible. You've got uh, history, you've got uh, parables, you've got poetry, you've got... Um, you know, some of what we talked about here, long lists and genealogies, and you got laws and all these different types of literature, which you interpret kind of differently. Well, in the book of Joshua, there's at least three types of uh, genre of literature uh, and that would have different types of principles to interpret them. Um, the first 12 chapters, chapters 1 through 12, you have narratives. Which are stories. 
Uh, chapter 1 is, is part of that narrative or story, but it's, it's even a little different, you know, it's, uh, it's different than the others, different than the other chapters. And in chapter 2, we're going to really get into the story, right? The, the spies go in and, and they meet Rahab, and that's chapter 2. And then you, you have the story of them uh, fighting the battle of Jericho, and you have the battle of Ai, and you, you have all these battles and the stories of the battles and everything. Well, that kind of takes... Uh, narratives, all these narratives are, are part of the first 12 chapters, chapters 1 through 12. And then there's a clear distinction, a, a, a clear shift. Um, and you see it in chapter 13, it says much longer, uh, after, after Joshua had aged much after this, right? And then in chapters 13 through 22, you see the land divided. Uh, among all of the, uh, uh, among the different uh, uh, tribes, right? And, um, and this is the place where we're not going to take as much time on Sunday mornings here, I don't think. Because this is, this is where it says, you know, like, well, Asher gets this land from here to here and here to here and here to here. And this tribe of Asher gets this and this tribe of Asher. And then Naphtali gets this and... And you begin to go, oh my, I don't know where these places are and these descriptions of all these places. And I, I, I probably should know much better as a minister of the gospel, of God's word. I should know the tribes, or the clans better, but I, but I get lost in all that. Um, and, and so, you, but throughout here, and this is where you got the list. After most of the land has been distributed among the different tribes, um, and then, then uh, some of them come in. They haven't been given the, their lands yet. And this is where Joshua sends them out to do reconnaissance in the land and, and, do, and write up a descriptions of the, of the lands and everything of what he's going to give to them. And that's part of what you see in chapters 13 through 22. So you have all these long lists in chapters uh, 13 through 22. And then chapter 23 says a long time after that starts off. And this is where you have speeches. And uh, Joshua comes up, and this is, this is a portion of the scripture where Joshua says, Choose you uh, this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right? And, and you're going to see that in this portion as well. So you have these, these speeches. And the speeches um, pretty much remind the Israelites that they have a covenant relationship with God. And that uh, part of that uh, covenant relationship and the promises that they gave to him, and they're to remain faithful to that, remain faithful to his law and his calling of the people to remain faithful. So a broad outline, a very broad outline of the book, and uh, it's, it, you can see it with the different types of genres that you mentioned. So there it is. Um, First, first part uh, is the uh, you can call it victorious conquest. And that's that's chapters one through twelve, where you see the battle of Jericho, the battle of Ai, and all the others. Um, all the other battles and, and them going in and taking possession of the land that God has, has given to them. Um, second portion. Let's 
uh, tribal inheritances. Uh, this goes back all the way to, um, as we mentioned this morning, goes back to Abram, right? When, in in uh, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, God making the promise to Abraham to give him this land, and he gives a, he gives a little bit of a description of the land uh, to Abraham that they're going to inherit. This land is inherited. You're my people. You're going to inherit this land. And so you see him actually taking possession and all the different tribes taking their portion of the land. And so you can call that the tribe of inheritances. 13 through 22. And then third, um, we're going to call uh, the covenant loyalty. Joshua reminds the, the people once again of God's covenant and their covenant with him and how they said, you know, all this will do. We even saw it this morning in the end of chapter one, you know, even as we were faithful in obeying uh, Moses, which is almost like, do, do you remember your whole history here? You didn't exactly, but they said, even as we followed Moses, we'll, we'll follow you and, and we're going to do all that the Lord has told us and, and we're going to obey your law here. So they're remembering the covenant and the, and the covenant promises that are part of it. And so uh, when you look at this, you consider no matter what time it was written. We, we, we looked at you know, the, the, the date of the writing of it. Uh, it seems to be that the book of Joshua is certainly there for the people. Um, written during the times of the If it was written during the times of the judges... You're calling them to look back at this. Look back at the, at, at the covenant responsibilities that you have. And, and remember that you, you have lost them. It's calling them back to covenant loyalty. If it's written in the time of the, the kings, uh, even before the Babylonian captivity, after the, the nations have split, it's once again calling the people of God back to their covenant uh, loyalty. And so uh, the original meaning, which I think can be like the meaning for us as well, as the book of Joshua was written about Israel's victorious conquest, tribal inheritances, and covenant loyalty in Joshua's day to address similar challenges uh, facing later generations. And so what we're going to do next week is we're going to look at the later generations. Uh, we're going to look at the time of the, the judges, the time of the kings, the time of the Babylonian captivity, the time when Christ came, and then we're also going to look in our day and see how um, we're going we're gonna to fit all this into and how I think the book of Joshua uh, definitely applies to us today and what it's talking to us today and what it's about. So that's what we'll get to next week, okay? So you definitely want to remember these three uh, uh, points on the, on the outline because we'll get back to that in all the different times we, we look at, okay? So anyway, uh, kind of a more... Classroom setting tonight, um, but uh, uh, it, it will, I, I think as we look at it next week, there will be more, a uh, little more pastoral uh, setting. All right, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you.